This is Engage 2.0. Welcome back to Engage 2.0. I'm your boy, Brother Edie, and joining me for this podcast are my co-host, Brother Colin. Good evening, everyone. So glad to be here today. And Sister Anya is joining us again. Hello, everybody. And today we have a very, very great topic for discussion. We are in episode number nine, God's Seal, and we are still in our series number eight, The Sabbath. But before we go any further in today's discussion, we are going to ask Sister Anya to lead us into a word of prayer. Sister Anya. Let us bow our heads as we approach the throne of grace. Tell me, Father, we want to thank you so much for blessing us, Lord, to come before you, to go into your word, Lord. We want to bless those who are listening to us and those that they will reach out to. Bless them as well. Father, these are some serious times that we are living in. And we are asking you to give us wisdom. You said if we if we would if we lack wisdom, that we can come to you because you have an abundance of it. And we're asking you, Holy Father, to bless us with wisdom. Bless us with your your kindness as we present your word to the public, and of course, in love and kindness. And we cannot do any of this without the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So may he be with us throughout this program, Lord. We ask all these in your precious and the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God's seal. For centuries, the great controversy between Christ and Satan has continued. That controversy began in heaven when Lucifer rebelled against God. Read Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 through 9. It is evident from the words of Jesus that Satan will be successful in leading nearly the whole world to follow him. Read Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. However, a few will respond to God's invitation to fear God and give glory to him and worship him that made heaven and earth and the sea and the fountains of waters. Revelation chapter 14, verse 7. So let us go into our question and answer period. Question number one. In whose image was man made? Let us go to Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 reads, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominions over the fish over the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Just as long as Adam looked to God and trusted him, he reflected the Creator's image. The devil came to Adam and Eve to do away with the image of God and to make them like him. And that's true. And, you know, we talked about it in our last podcast about the Sabbath. And, you know, we forget that part where God wants to spend time with us. And the more we spend time with him the more we reflect him. Uh, you know, it is also said by, by one of our um, pioneers that when you contemplate the closing scenes of Jesus' life on earth, you become more like him in character 
And that's because we're going to be reading about him and reflecting upon what he had done for us. And this, is, this isn't anything further from the truth when it comes to the Sabbath. When we spend time with God on the day he prescribed, we reflect not only upon our Creator and what he's done and is doing for us, but also we can more be like him in, in every facet. You know, where we, wherever we lack, we become more like him. You know, for those who are impatient, we become patient and kind. And those who are coarse, we become more tactful and, and soft. You know, and you know, I, I could attest to that in my own character, you know, especially with my children. And I know that, you know, for Christians, um, we should really be like that in our homes. You know, we, we need to be like that in our homes because... These are the first congregates we, we see on a daily basis, you know. And like the scripture says, how can you love God who you have not seen, but yet you hate your brother who you see? How could you be at odds with people in the very home you live, and then you come into church or whatever prayer meeting and saying, I love you, Lord? It doesn't make any sense. And so what the Sabbath does, it gives us the opportunity to allow God to rub off on us, so to speak, you know. So I, I, love, I love that and, and we see now the enemy, when he takes us away from that, um, from the true Sabbath and puts us on this copy or this, this counterfeit, we reflect the image that he wants us to portray, which is disobedience because God didn't ask us for the first day. He asked us for the seventh day. And like how you, what you were saying, but in the end, it covers so many, so many angles. One of the things that we keep forgetting when God said he made us in his image, he not only made us just in the physical sense, but also in the mental and the spiritual sense. Mm -hmm. And that's the part that we keep forgetting. And that's why when the second Adam came, he had to fulfill all aspects of that. He had to be in the person or in the flesh. He had to be for, come to just like how Adam was in the beginning, the full image of God. That means he had the mind of God right. before sins. And that's what we had to be drawn back to. We had to be drawn back to that mind of God, where not only we have it physically, we have it spiritually. And that's why, that's why Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 is so important. It says here, who being the brightness of his glory. Guess what Adam was? Adam was the brightness of God's glory when God made him. And the express image of his person. Now, guess what had to happen? The second Adam had to draw us back that same brightness. You see why that's why that's so important? Yeah. So who is the brightness in the brightness of his glory? That's God, the second Adam. He had to draw us back to where we are falling from and the express image of his person. He was the express image of God. That, so guess what? Go, go the ahead. second Adam had to come and bring that express image so we can adopt that. And that's why the son of God has and he said he goes on and say and uphold all things by his word. Of his power, when he had made by himself purge our sins mm -hmm. and sat down right out of God, so he had to, had to come right there and take away the sins, so we could get back to the expression of our Lord and our Savior. And that's going to carry us to question number two: Through whom is God's image restored in man? Uh, let's look at Second Corinthians four four. And whom the God of this world hath blinded the, the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Mm. As you were just talking about that before, it says, Anyone 
who comes to God in faith will be changed into God's image by the Holy Spirit. And we could read um, 2 Corinthians 3.18 on that one. Uh huh. I've got to read um, verse 5. Go ahead. Must. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Because we ref- as like you said, as as time will go on, and as we reflect more um, in our, as we grow more, I should say, in our devotional lives, in our Christian walk, we are to reflect more and more Christ. Even if someone has never accepted um, Jesus in their lives, or even heard of Him, the way you live, you should live in such a way where there is evidence of a loving God. I agree. I agree 100%. I agree 100%. That's the whole point. He came to change sinful man, humanity, into the image which he had originated it. And as like you mentioned, Brother Carlin, the Apostle Paul uses the term last Adam, which of course, by this, we know he's the second Adam because Adam the first was you know, created. And then we see that he was created in, in an atmosphere where there's no sin. Everything that came from the Creator's hand, we know that the scripture says it was very good. Christ now comes in a time in his day where men are at their lowest morale. All debasing sin you can see there in the time of Christ. Even amongst his own 12, you could, you could have seen traces of it. Christ now, although he does not sin, but he became that which the Father loathes. Because the, the scripture tells us that our iniquity separates us from God, Isaiah 59 two. And so Christ here becomes that which separates from God. This is why he cried at the cross, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? Well, it's because he became that which we was to God. We were sin. And it tells us in scripture that by one man's sin, death entered into the world. This is, this is a work of, of not only justification, sanctification, and glorification. He has justified us at the cross. He sanctifies us through the holy place. And glorification comes in the most holy place where we are now are going to partake of the same nature of his Father. And it only can happen through Jesus as you just read that text in verse 5. Now we're going to go to question number three. What is a seal? It is a device which reproduces an image in a soft substance, like wax or clay. Anciently, rulers had rings which were used as seals. Today, most legal documents require the seal of a, no- of a notary republic to be binding. So, and without that seal, you know, your affidavit ain't nothing. <laughs> you understand? Your passport ain't nothing. You know, your driver's license ain't nothing without some proper seal or signature, right? And so, we're just going to see how important the seal is as, as it relates to the Sabbath. But let's see if we can get that link now, that connection. Question number four. By whom is the sealing accomplished? Let us look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. In whom ye also trusted, after ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, 
in whom also after that ye believed. Ye were sealed with that with that Holy Spirit of promise. Mm. Holy Spirit, we are he, uh, we are sealed. That's right. It's through the Holy Spirit. But the Lord did say that His Spirit will not always strive with man. And when uh, there was that final, that final few, I will say months or days. I, I can't say what, what you know what the Lord how how long He will take. But when He draws His Spirit away from from this earth. Am I wrong that we would have already been sealed then of who who have chosen God and who hasn't? Yes. Uh, we can look at Revelation and it will bear um, record of that. Uh, but before, if, if you want to go into that text, but before we go there, I want us to see that what you're saying here about God's spirit, but not always the strife with man, as he stated before uh, in the time of Noah. And we know that something similar will happen again because you know we're living in a time now where persons don't really want to hear you know the gospel i mean i mean in a way i can't blame them because there's so many different falsehood out there there's so many different false religions and and what i mean religions is that you know religion is only something that you do religiously you know some people wash their car religiously some people work religiously some people love money religiously but the religion in which it's supposed to attest to a God, a true God, we find that persons are making a mockery of it, you know, and people are sick and tired of it. And you can't really blame them because we're not giving them any, you know, for the most part, anything to say, well, you know, let me look at this. And they are practically all the same. <laughs> it just depends on location. But with God's spirit, and if we are sealed with his spirit, and he said that his spirit will not always strive with man means that there's a time frame. I mean, right there, it tells you it's a time frame. And so it's going to be a time where we can grieve away his, his presence, the Holy Spirit. And how do we do that? Ephesians 4.30 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. So it tells us right in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 that God's spirit can be sealed. And it tells us we are sealed until the day of redemption. So that means that we can, we ourselves can undo the process of being sealed. And that's scary. And we are living in a time where in Revelation it tells us that um, we are, there's something that's going on, right? And there are some angels holding the four winds, right? And I'm going to read it into I'm going to read it into record, and it's because it's very sobering as it fits into uh, this question, Revelation seven one, and it says, "And after these things, I saw four angels standing on the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree." And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels, to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. So notice there's a sealing work. And we just read um, Ephesians 
chapter 4, verse 30 in Ephesians 1.13, that the sealing is in connection with God's Holy Spirit. And we can grieve the Holy Spirit and miss the sealing. And, and according to Revelation 7, there's a danger coming to those who are not sealed. And this is how serious it is. And as we're talking about the Sabbath and as it relates to this topic, God's seal, we're going to find that if God's seal is related to the Holy Spirit, then that means that people are doing something to chase away the Holy Spirit. And, that, and that's serious. Because, you know, we all serve one God, right? We, we all are saved, right? It's all done at the cross, right? But notice, there's, a, there's an opportunity to grieve away His Holy Spirit, thereby missing the seal of God. If you don't have a devotional life, you're not praying, you're not studying, you're not sharing, you're, you, you see the Ten Commandments just like everybody else as the Ten Suggestions. <laughs> you, live, you live how you want to live, you do what you want to do, you say what you want to say, but you still want to go to heaven. I don't understand that. <laughs> But that that's how that is how and people and when you tell people this, you know, you cannot live the way you want to live and still live with God. You will grieve away the Holy Spirit. He's he's he may be a faint voice, but you can you can muffle that voice. Mm -hmm. And that is when you reach a point of no return. Mm -hmm. And people believe just now God is merciful. There is no one else in the universe who is. God is everlastingly kind and, 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 and gracious. But but dare I say that even our Lord and Savior has a has a limit? Yes. You can only do so much, say so much, live so much without you know, uh, and and feel as though even I, can I say also too that you can do whatever you want to do, yeah, and reach that 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 point of no return and still live beyond that. Yeah. Still think that you're still in God. Yeah. Is it, it, that it's frightening? That yeah. is so frightening. In fact, I had this conversation with my wife some weeks back, and it I don't think we think about it in that light as you just mentioned, and I said to well. You know that there are going to be some wicked who's going to say rocks and mountains fall on us when Jesus comes. So there are going to be wicked living and righteous living when Jesus comes. But we don't think about the wicked living. You know, I mean, we don't want to be in that class. But if you think about it, there are going to be those who are going to be right side those who are living, who are righteous, and who are going to be just as devils <laughs> upon the earth. And they're going to be the ones who are going to say rocks and mountains fall, mountains fall on us and hide us from the wrath of the Lamb. You know, so yeah, it's going to happen. The question be, how do the Holy Spirit seal us? The answer is actually up to us. Whether or not you're still in Christ when, he, when, he, when the sealing is about to happen. You know, that's, that's actually, that answer depends on, on each of us. Well... I'm going to say read something from John chapter 16, verse 8, 9, and 10. It says, And when he is come, that is the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. he will reprove the world of what? Sin. Right. And of righteousness. Mm -hmm. And of judgment. Of sin because what? They believe not on me. Two, 
of righteousness because I go to my father and he see me no more of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. Mm. So you see that you see how he's gonna see this? He's gonna see this because he's gonna what? Draw us back to God. And those who accept him, that's of course the confirmation of the seal. Because why? He will prove us or he will prove we will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. That's why the right to investigate the judgment that the seven day Adventists teach today is so important. Because God is what? Searching out for those spirit that is on his side. And he's sealing them who have made the choice or who have chosen to follow God. And he sealed them and start them because what? They've now been entered into a covenant relationship with God. And when he, he just said, this is one of those who have entered a covenant relationship and he proved that. This is one stamp and seal, and they say binding in our agreement that they will follow God. It's a witness. And the thing exactly. is that I think we may have time uh, in future episodes to go into the judgment because I don't think a lot of people understand it. Uh, it's like you know, why did is there need of a judgment? Well, you know, I don't want to go. Let's not open up the can of worms, but hopefully we will get there, and we will see just how important it is uh, as it relates to especially this topic, the Sabbath, and um, it's intertwined with it because all things will be brought into judgment, says Ecclesiastes, right? So we're going to go now into question number five. Under the new covenant, where is God's law placed? Let's go to several texts. Let's go to Hebrews 8 verse 10, the first one. For this is the covenant that I will make with the hosts of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put what my law into their mind. Then I just said it, the Holy Spirit will reprove them of righteousness mm -hmm. and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they shall be to me what? A people. A people. Amen and amen. amen. <laughs> Let's go to our next text, Romans 13, 8. I'll read that one. It says, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another had fulfilled the law. Uh, I, w I would love to dig into that, but I, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll, I'll read the next text. The last text also found in Romans. I'll read verse 5 of chapter 5. And it says, And hope make it not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts, or in our minds, by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So, like we said... Can I add a, can I add a text, too? Yeah, go ahead. That would be St. John, um, that would be John chapter 1, verses 11 to 13. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. Amen. Question. Is that a new concept, though? Is is the law being placed in our hearts something new that Jesus instituted or, or state that he wants to place his law? No, um, actually this law has been just, just um, put in our hearts has been from the very beginning. Um, and why do I say that? Because there's, God always wanted to win our hearts. And he always wanted to win us by love. And it has been demonstrated from the very beginning with Adam and Eve. God so loved them that what? He gave his only begotten son that who should not believe him should not perish. That's why Genesis chapter 3, verse um, 15 is so important. 
God has laid down that he would be the sacrifice that would die for man from the very beginning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that who should have believed and not perish. And he wanted to sacrifice their heart in love. Right. From the very beginning. Right. Um, here's a text about that. Jeremiah 31, 33 says, But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts. And Amen. I and will be their God and they shall be my people. So this was no new concept. God always wanted to put it back where it was. Why? Because when he made Adam, as you stated, uh, and as the Bible alluded to, Brother Colin, that when Adam was created, it was ready in his heart to be obedient. He already knew the will of God. So he, he, he did not have been told, remember to keep the Sabbath. He knew that. He knew to show up. He did not uh, um, not make any idols or graven images. He knew this stuff. This was placed in his heart. But what happened over time, as we see through generation to generation, and as they become more dumber and dumber and dumber, it's like the, the more things you got to do, you got to write it down now, you know, because 430 years in, in, in um, watching Egypt, Egyptian idolatry can set you crazy. You, you got some people who can't even watch a commercial without just following what they see in a commercial. We can watch them and it capture our minds like this. You could imagine watching the Egyptians sacrifice to their idols and their gods for hundreds of years. So God had to now step up the game and now had to meet them where they were. This is why he used symbols and, and signs and images as it related to the sanctuary to show them what he would do for them. And this is nothing new. God always wanted to place his law back where they were originally and after adam fell now sin was the only thing they could do but god in his mercy gave them a privilege to learn the sacrifice this is where the lamb came from the first animal slain because of, of sin and this was what adam had handed down to his children of, of course we saw cain and abel right we saw them slaying a lamb we're supposed to but cain didn't do that and by cain's disobedience he was stating or telling God, I don't need you to die for me. I could atone for my own sin. I could pay, I could pay my own way. But that's not what God asks for. See, if we don't give God what we ask for, we grieve the Holy Spirit. And that's what, what, that's what happened. You grieve the Holy Spirit. Go ahead, Brother God. I, I like how you go on into that analogy, and especially David, Adam, Cain. Um, one of the things that we have to always remember that when Adam was created, he was created in the image of God. Right. He always had the image of God until he fought. Now, when he fell, Adam lost that image of God, mm -hmm. but he didn't lose all his knowledge of God. No. And what happened as he, he spoke with Cain, you still have to realize that when Cain was an infant and he grows up, when he's a little young man and he's growing up, Cain was obedient. It was as Cain mature and he started to get jealousy, started to come into his heart. It's number one time we recommend this, number 10. The ten, the ten of the Ten Commandment, covered. Mm -hmm. He covered his brother, and he decided to be angry. He wanted to tell God he wanted to have his own way. You know, when kids get older, they want to be rebellious. He would get older, so he wanted to be rebellious and he wanted to have his own way. So he offered up an offering that he think God would, that he think is pleasant, and he tried to show God, "In hey, my offering is just as good." As um, it's able, but he forgot the main purpose of the offering. 
The offering was never supposed to be focused on him or man. The offering was focused on Jesus Christ who was supposed to come because of his anger and his jealousy for his brother. Then he offered a selfish offering. And you know, what people have to realize that not only that, they had a picture graphic memory. Mm-hmm. And that's the, that's one of the points I wanted to get on your talk, but I, Adam and Eve had a picture graphic memory. And if you can, and if you want, if you don't believe me, if you look at the writing of the hieroglyphics on the wall, it's always in picture forms. Mm-hmm. They had a picture graphic memory. And because of that, they retain more information than we do. Mm-hmm. And in retaining that information, they had the Decalogue or the Ten Commandments in their mind. Mm-hmm. And when we had better words, for lack of better words, it was sealed there. Yeah. <laughs> My brother, yeah. just like the topic mm-hmm. say, it was sealed in their mind. Mm-hmm. 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 So the love of God was sealed in their mind. Just And you remember now, Adam was made whose image? God image. And when Adam was conceived, who was king was made in? Who image? Man. In the image of Adam. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you see what happened there? He, and guess what, guess what Eve said when Adam when came was born? God, I've given her a man child. She said that was a promise seed. Mm-hmm. Did you believe that? She thought, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she thought that was a promise seed. Mm-hmm. And that was the seal. You see, the seal was the promise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the seal again was put back in the promise again. In the Sabbath commandment. In the fourth commandment. That is the promise. Mm-hmm. God promised in the seventh commandment that he would tabernacle with you and be with man. Mm-hmm. That's what the seventh commandment is talking about. Boy, that fourth commandment that everybody trying to walk away from. Run away. Uh, you run away from. They don't uh, want to be sealed with God because they don't want to tabernacle with God. Now, we are going to have to come back and finish this program on a part two. We're going to stop at number six. And the question asks, what condition will Christ produce in his church. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 5 from 25 to 27. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 25 to 27 says, Husband, love your wife, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water by the word, that he might be, might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that it should be holy and without blemish. So the whole point of Christ reproducing in us that we can be little Jesuses in our homes, right? That our, 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 our children can be like little Jesuses running and playing at home. And the husbands would be like Jesus loving the wife. And the wife would be like Jesus being submissive to the husband. This is the whole point of it. This is the whole point of it. That his image that he set in order, in Adam and Eve, or the woman, before sin, this is what he wanted. This is what it was. <laughs> he wants to bring back that which was lost. And this is the whole point. We're going, it's, it's like we're going from Eden to Eden, two bookends. When you go to Genesis chapter, chapter 1 and 2, you find perfection. When you look at Revelation chapter 21 into 22, you find he's bringing us back into perfection. This is what it's all about, two bookends. What he started, he's going to finish. And the question is, are we willing to partake in it? Exactly, exactly. And also, um, we see we see that, how you say, from Genesis. From Genesis, yes, paradise was lost in Genesis. But you see God restoring it to man, restoring it to us back in the Revelation. 
that's what we need as Christians. We need to uh, make Christianity more attractive to this world. You know what I mean? We're from what I'm seeing, we're we're too silent. We're not we're not speaking up about about this beautiful God that we serve. We're not speaking about the speaking enough, I should say, about the home that He's preparing for us. And I understand we have a lot to huh, a lot to co- um, compete with in terms of entertainment and 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 and, and all the distractions that this world um, has to offer, but. We do we need to have fire under our feet? I, I don't know. We need to move as as Christians. We need to move if we are truly um, ambassadors of heaven. If we are truly witnesses of this of this great faith that we hold, we need to show this world, this dying world, that there is a Savior who is coming. And he's coming for a ready people. He's coming for a church that is ready. And show more of him in our lives, too. Because you can't just speak the word and not live it. Amen. Persons, people know, people know a fake. <laughs> people know a fake. And people are tired of the uh, uh, of fake. I think that's where Christianity has gotten such a bad rap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because we're not doing our job. Just like um, Gandhi said to a Christian friend that he had, he said, I, I believe in your, your, your Jesus. I, I love your Jesus. Your Jesus is kind. He is wise. He is intelligent. Your Jesus uh, is, is compassionate. Your Jesus is, 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 is the one of the greatest people ever that I've ever, ever known. But I'm, I don't care too much for his followers, though. Mm-hmm. Your Jesus and y'all are two different people, mm-hmm. and that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we see that. We see that today. We see that everywhere we go, where we we don't reflect Christ the way we should. That is why heaven isn't so attractive to to a, a non-believer. That's why Christianity isn't so attractive to, to non-believers. So we need PR. <laughs> A PR yeah. makeover. <laughs> to- totally agree. And I'll, I'll, I'll end with by saying this. We need an intervention. We need the Holy Spirit to, to just cleanse us from head to feet. And, you know, it starts in the home. The church is only a collection of individual homes. And if in the home is broken, then the churches are broken. And if the churches can't be fixed, then society is in problem. And this is where we are today. This is why this show exists. That people can see the other side of Christ. That they can see a loving, compassionate, caring God. Yet, that will not excuse the guilty. That will not parlay with sin. That will not coochie-coochie-coo the devil. He loves sinners. He died for sinners. But he died because of a broken law. Let this mind be in us that was also in Christ Jesus says Philippians 2 5 he wants us to tabernacle with him but he will not play with sin and this is where we have to decide are we going to part with our darling sins and join with our savior or are we going to keep our sins and hold them and be destroyed with them because believe it or not he's coming he's coming but he's coming for a people that is ready 
to get rid of sin. My friends, I pray that this podcast has been a blessing to you. Look forward for part two, for we will have to end here because we don't want to make this podcast too long. I mean, we could go on all day, but we want to be mindful to those who are listening. But for today, we're going to ask Brother Colin to lead us out into a word of prayer. Brother Colin. Let us pray. We want to thank you, God, for the blessings. We want to thank you for the word of God. We want to thank you for your seeding power within the Sabbath. We want to thank you for your Holy Spirit that is working with men to convict them of their sins, to bring them to righteousness. We want to thank you, God, for the blessings that you have already given us. We want to thank you for this opportunity that you're ready to cleanse us all unrighteousness and to make us whole again. But we're not perfect beings. We know we are struggling. We know we have so much things that we are trying to get out of our life. And only you can do that for us. So we lean on you. We are strength and our supporter. And as we depart from this podcast today, and those who are listening to us, we ask that your blessings rain upon them. We help them to grow stronger in faith and confidence in your word. Keep our eyes focused on you, the soon coming King, our Lord and our Savior. Jesus name I pray. Amen. 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 We thank you for tuning in and joining us here on Engage 2.0. If you want to hear more of this content, you can find us on YouTube. Just type into your search engine, Heart to Heart 242. There you will find all of our past episodes. You can subscribe to our channel and click on the bell icon so you don't miss any more of our future uploads. Also, if you like this content, give it a thumbs up and share it if you believe it. Also, if you want to hear from us, you can email us at hearttoheartministries242 at gmail.com. Also, you can find us on Facebook and you can find this podcast via Anchor. So for myself, Brother Edie, and for my hosts, Sister Anya and Brother Colin, we say until next time, God's willing, Maranatha.